Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Unconventional Gal, Forging Your Own Path with me, your host, Cherokee. I'm very excited to be back to you guys. It seems like I was only gone for two weeks. I know I said I was going to come back every two weeks, and then there was that weird month break in there. For those of you guys that follow me on social media, you will know that I have been going through more intense health things. I have a, um, a chronic cough I've been dealing with for a couple of years. And a week and a half ago, I actually had a lung biopsy, and um, I have not been well enough to make podcasts. Um, Not that I've been sick, really, but just my coughing has been so absolutely intense, especially after the biopsy. I was coughing nonstop for, well, until like yesterday, and I was also coughing up big hunks of blood, which is not fun. (laughs) Zero out of 10 would recommend but yeah, so anyways, I am I am on the mend. I've got some medicine. I think I'm going to do a podcast just on my health journey because I have had quite a weird health journey. I am just one of those weird people that has like every rare disease known to man. <laughs> like I don't know what happened. Maybe I'm like radioactive. I might glow in the dark. I don't even know. But yeah, so it's been uh, it's been an interesting journey with my health. But this podcast is not about my health. It is about whether you need to go to college or not, or college versus trade school versus no school, question mark. I have it in my notes as college or no, but I also wanted to include trade school in here because I feel like that is kind of like a sector in post-school life plans that is often ignored or like kind of looked down upon for some weird reason. So we're just going to jump right into it. And by we, I mean me, me, myself, and I. So the question that a lot of people ask themselves is, or should ask themselves, is why do you need college? What jobs out there require a college degree? Most jobs that you're going to find in the business sector, like accounting or finance or sometimes higher level like CEO, CFO, sometimes those will require a lot of the time the the levels of entry that are required to get to that level require the um, the degree not necessarily being the CEO. So if you are just like a very naturally smart business savvy person with a lot of money and you decide to start your own business that's very successful, you become the CEO. A college degree is probably not necessary for that. But if you want to be a CEO of like Ford or Walmart, I don't know why you'd want to be the CEO of Walmart. But if that is your life dream, then it is probably very likely that even to get to that upper echelon of CEOism, you would probably need a college degree. Also, anything in the medical field I think trade school is actually more where you would go to be 
a tech, so like a um, to do radiology, like do CTs and x-rays or a phlebotomist or like that kind of thing. I think those are more trade school things. If you want to be, actually nursing might also be, correct me if I'm wrong, nurses that are listening to me, this is one thing I didn't look up. I think nursing is a four-year program, but I think it also depends on the type of nurse you are. So I know there's like um, RNs and LVN and there's there's all kinds of different nurses. It's like such a, a field that I'm not familiar with. But my understanding is that the the upper level nurses and doctors, obviously, those are four year degrees. Well, not four year degrees. Those are college educated jobs. Um, obviously, being a doctor is more than a four year program. Most of those you need a master's or education above. I think to be a doctor, it's eight years. I think it's four years of school and then like four years of your residency and interning and all of that stuff. Again, I am not a doctor, so I don't know exactly how the schooling works, but I do know that there's a pretty extensive amount of schooling to be a doctor as there should be. Also being a teacher, I think pretty much everywhere in the United States these days, you need at least a four-year degree to be a teacher. I My mind was blown when I moved to California because in Oregon, to be a teacher of any kind, even to be a PE teacher, even to be a kindergarten teacher, you have to have a master's degree. Like that is the minimum level of education you have to have to be a teacher. And in California, you only need a four-year degree even to teach like high school. That leads me to believe that kids in the Northwest are getting probably a better education than kids down here just by the the um, the scope of schooling the teachers have had. Not to say that teachers that don't have master's degrees are bad teachers, but they just have more tools in their toolbox with a little bit more education. But also I know that they're, you know, kind of desperate for teachers and doctors and uh, I don't know, they're desperate for kind of everybody in California, teachers especially. So I think maybe that might be why the qualifications are a little bit lower. Who knows? I know that teaching is is a really difficult field right now and a lot of people are leaving it. So it might be that Oregon has changed their, their minds and now you only need um, like a two-week course to become a teacher. I know during COVID actually, there was such a shortage in the medical field. I remember hearing ads on the radio that were like, if you are in nursing school, if you're almost done with your program, if you're a retired nurse, if you like have quit or been like honorably discharged, they were like trying to get people rushed through nursing programs and medical programs just because there was such a shortage of people in hospitals. So I feel like that is kind of the the way for teachers now. Hats off to teachers. I got to say, regardless of what your education is, that's not my business to judge, but teachers are such an undervalued, teachers and nurses, such undervalued jobs. Hats off to the teachers and the nurses out there. You have my utmost respect. So those are the jobs that you would potentially need college for. So what would you need a trade school for? Okay, so when I say trade school, I mean a two-year program or less. So if you go to a junior college or a community college and you get your certification or your associate's degree, those are considered trade school programs. There also are actual trade schools you can go to. Like if you want to be a mechanic, you'd go to mechanic school. That's a trade school. There's a big fancy school in Wyoming called WyoTech. And when I was kind of in the hot rod world, that was the school that all the kids would go to to learn to build hot rods. And that was like a, you know, a classic car trade school. You know, one thing I should have done in researching this was look up the definition of a trade. I'm actually going to 
Look it up right now. A trade is a skilled job, typically one requiring manual skills and special training. So um, construction can be a trade. So, you know, if you want to be a carpenter, a electrician, a plumber, pretty much anything that you would do on a house in house construction, that would be a trade. A cosmetologist or an esthetician, which I am. Um, an esthetician. Those are trades. A nail tech would be a trade. A vet tech would be a trade. Again, like I was saying, you know, being a, a radiology tech or a phlebotomist or a lot of the hospital jobs that don't require, you know, a medical license or degree. I, I would say probably the majority of people you see walking around a hospital are more people that have a trade versus people that are actual like doctors. I think there's probably an equal amount of jobs that you could get with a degree versus with a trade, maybe even more with a trade. And then obviously jobs that do not require any kind of education or certification would be like, well, I mean, like I was saying, like, say you have a bunch of money and you are business savvy and you want to start a business and you become a CEO that requires nothing. I still think it's important if you're going to run a business to have some sort of education, whether it's a two-year degree or whatever, just to know the basics of finance and accounting. But then there are also people like my mom, she didn't even graduate high school and now she is a super high level corporate accountant. Technically her job required a degree, but she has, I mean, 40 years of experience. So that kind of negated the need for the degree. But, you know, there's always the the exceptions to the rule of needing a degree for certain things. But I also think that there is something to be said for, you know, starting a job with a company at ground level, like starting as an intern and then working your way up through the ranks. That's another thing, you know, like being a mechanic, or like building hot rods. That's a perfect example. So my ex was a car builder. He never went to school. He never went to trade school. He, his dad was into cars and he took, you know, shop class in high school. And so he would just sit in the garage with his dad and his dad's buddies and he would teach himself stuff and he learned how to weld and he did all of that. And then he ended up building cars. He never worked in a shop. He never actually worked for anybody else. He just did his own thing. And then at some point we started a business where he built cars. I was the business side of it, but he was really talented. And he never went to school at all. And then he had a helper in the shop who went to WyoTech, which is the fancy pantsy school. It's very expensive. Um, I think it's a two-year program. And, you know, he started out of the gate making minimum wage working in our little shop, which he probably could have done anyways without the WyoTech education. But not to say that that wasn't useful. James talks all the time about you know, he worked in the, the live music industry for a long time and he started, he was, I don't know if this story is completely accurate, but this is how my brain remembers it. And he will never listen to this podcast, so he won't even know the difference. So my understanding is that he was like working in a bar and it was a bar that um, everyone was like kind of buddies with Taking Back Sunday. I think that was the first band he worked for. And they were about to go on tour. And at the last second, someone dropped out and they needed a guitar tech. And he had never been a guitar tech, but he had played guitar a bunch. And he's very, very technically savvy. And he, you know, he did all the tech stuff at the, the club that he GM'd. So they were like, hey, want to go on tour? I think he was like 19. He was super young. And of course, that's like every kid's dream. So of course he said yes. And then so he just started as a guitar tech. He started, he started out on a big tour. Most kids that start climbing the ranks 
don't start on big tours like that. But then, you know, he worked with like every pop punk band known to man, every band that you would ever have seen on Warp Tour. And he climbed the ranks and then he learned how to do Pro Tools. And so then he started doing that and he started working with bigger artists and he started working with Kesha. And, you know, he worked his way up through that. And now he works at NBC Universal mixing audio for movie trailers. And that was all. He didn't even finish high school. He doesn't have any kind of no trade school, no college, no, you know, quote unquote formal education, but he just worked his way up through the ranks. So, you know, there are examples of where that has worked for people, but there's also examples where, you know, people need school to get to where they are. So I'm just kind of right now giving you the the definition of what all of these things are. And I also want to tell you guys before we get more into the meat of all of this, when I asked for questions, I did get a few people asking me what is best. And this is such a subjective topic on what is best. I can't tell anybody the best way to set up your entire career and your entire life. It's different for everybody. So I'm just going to kind of give you my perspective on all of these things and some stats I've looked up and my own story and some other people's stories. But what you will not find in this podcast is what you should do. You got to make up your own mind there. So according to educational data, data, datadata.org, the average cost of a four-year in-state tuition for college is $26,000 per year or $104,000 for four years. So if you want a four-year degree and you stick it out at your in-state college, the average amount of money you're going to be out is $104,000. The average cost of four-year out-of-state tuition is about $27,000K per year, which equals to about $108,000 for four years. And those are state schools. So like, you know, University of Oregon, Washington State University, like state schools. So private is about 55,000 per year or about 223,000 for four years. Now I know 55 times four does not equal 223. It's because it was 55 point blah, blah, blah. And I just cut that off. So just so you know, I'm not terrible at math. I just cut off the, the rest of those hundreds of thousands. So $223,000 for private education for four years. So those are your like, not Ivy League, Ivy League is going to be way more than that. But these are your like, in Washington, we have Reed College, you know, you're like your private colleges that are usually in bigger cities, but they're not the university of or blank state university. They're not the, the state university schools. I mean, that's no small chunk of change. The trade school average, so average trade school, the average trade school program is about two years. So some are less, like I went to esthetician school and that was five months, but the average two-year program costs about $33,000. So this is your, you know, your junior college, your community college program. It's going to cost you about $33,000. So your, the average salary after attending a four-year school is 47000 a year. And the average salary after attending a trade school is 36000 a year. So you're looking at about 10000 a year less on average for a degree that costs about a third of the price. So, you know, if you do the math, I think you end up making more over a lifetime. But also, if you finance your education, what you're going to pay in interest is going to be a lot more than that base, you know, $108,000, $104,000 for your four-year program. So I think 
a wise thing to do is sit down with somebody that understands loans and interest, maybe an accountant or mom, if she's really smart, or even you, I mean, who knows, you might be really good with this kind of stuff. Sit down with a calculator, do some math and, and see what you're going to make over a lifetime going to a trade school versus going to a college with your specific financial situation. It might be that you have $104,000 saved up in a college fund that your parents started for you when you were little. And in that case, go for the four-year degree. But it might also be that like you just want to be a mechanic. Like, Why get a four-year degree if that's not what you want to do? So my story, let's talk about me. Let's talk about me, shall we? This is my podcast after all. So my personal experience with school is, is kind of interesting. So my generation, I graduated high school in 2000. And my generation was the generation of you just went to college. So my parents moved away when I was had just turned 16. They moved out of state and I don't want to say they left me behind. I chose to stay behind. So I was on my own at 16. I was still in high school. I finished high school, graduated with honors, went to college. People always are like, wow, it's like amazing that you went to college and did all of that. And honestly, I never thought of not going to college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know why I was going to college. It was just, you graduate high school and you go to college. Like I grew up in a small city. I grew up in the suburbs of a small city. And that was just like what everyone did. And I have to tell you, 90% of the people that graduated with me went to college for graphic design. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Like everybody I knew that was into anything like weird in high school became a graphic designer. I was never interested in computers. And I'm not super artistic, so that really wasn't my thing. But man, so many graphic designers. And that was the funny thing too, was like a two-year program or a trade school was not anything I ever considered. Like as much as there was like a, a you wouldn't think twice that you just go to college, there was like this weird stigma that like two-year programs and trade schools were for like dropouts and losers. So we had a a couple different high schools. So we had, you know, our main high schools, like the high school I went to was called Aloha High School. There was Beaverton High School. So, you know, the schools in each city. But then there were these secondary high schools that there's two of them. There was C.E. Mason, which was the art school. And then there was um, Merlot Station. Merlot Station. Yeah, that's what it was called. So C.E. Mason was the art school. So that was like if you wanted to be like a dancer or a painter or whatever, you had to apply to this school and then you would go there instead of a regular high school. I never really went there because I was, I was just a brain. I was a nerd. I liked just basic, not basic education, but I liked, you know, the, the, the brain stuff, the books and the math and all of that. I'm an, I'm a creative person, but I'm not an artist. So I never even thought about going to CE Mason, but a lot of my friends did go there. And then Merlot Station was the high school that you went to if you were having problems in school. So kids with, you know, behavioral issues, kids that had issues at home where they couldn't concentrate, kids that were like the problem kids, like the juvie kids and all that, they went to Merlot Station. I think that's what it was called. I can't totally remember, but I'm pretty sure. So to me, trade school was where like the Merlot station kids went. And I know it's super shitty and super judgy, but that was just kind of like my generation. Like trade schools were just scoffed at. Like we weren't taught to have any value in them. And now here I am 20 years later and I think trade schools are incredible. So my judgment has changed a little bit. So when I graduated college, I started out because I, you know, was poor. I started out at a community college with the intent of getting a two-year degree and then transferring it into a four-year degree at a university. So my first major was in theater makeup. 
I wanted to be a theater makeup artist. Don't ask me why I was going to do something so specific, but that was it. And I got to college theater and realized it was not the life for me. It was just a different vibe. I didn't love it. Wasn't my thing. So then I started a two-year program and the two-year program was just a two-year program, but it was um, to get a degree in drug and alcohol counseling. And I loved it. I loved helping people, but I worked with homeless kids and unhoused kids and it just was too hard. It was too hard emotionally for me to do. And so I did get my two-year degree, but after working in that field for two years, I actually went back to school and um, I went to business school. So I finished the general credits I needed at the community college and then I transferred to Washington State University and then I got my bachelor's degree in business, business administration with a minor in marketing. Do not ask me why I went to business school. I just thought like theater was so, so specific. Drug and alcohol counseling was so specific. And I just thought like, I still don't really know what I want to do. So if I get a business degree, it's so broad that if I go to work anywhere where you need a degree, it'll just like work as the degree that you need. And I also knew, so by this point, I was very heavily tattooed. And people were like, why are you getting a business degree? You're never going to be able to work in corporate America. And my perspective was I wanted a business degree so I could figure out how not to have to work in corporate America. Like I wanted to figure out how to like do it for myself, but I still had no idea what I wanted to do. So I graduated college in 2008 and now it is 2023 and I still have $15,000 in debt. I think when I graduated, I was at like 60,000. No, because I got some grants. So I think I was at like 37000 when I graduated. I'm still $15,000 in debt. So, you know, I feel like the business degree was very useful for me in creating Cherry Doll Face and giving me the business savvy and, and being able to do that and being able to work for myself. So I think that the money was worth it. But I took a big risk in getting a degree in something that I really was unsure about and I didn't know how it was going to be useful to me. This business degree helped me create Cherry Dollface and I traveled the world and I built a business, but I didn't want to travel anymore and I didn't have an at-home job and I didn't want to start working doing hair and makeup in the film industry. It just wasn't not my thing, not my vibe. So I went back to school and I got my esthetician license, which is a trade school. It was a five-month program and it cost $6,000. And then, you know, I opened my studio and here I am three years later, three years after getting licensed. And my studio is my full-time job. Like I still do doll face stuff on the side, but that trade school, that license that I got is my full-time career now. So I personally feel like college and trade school were both beneficial to me, but I also feel that I have a really unique position in life to make those both beneficial for me. And then, you know, there's people that just get a degree to get a degree. Like the reason why I got a business degree was because, you know, like I said, I, I figured it would be useful in any sector. It would be a degree where like if I went to go work for like an art gallery and they need they required a degree, I'd be like, here's a business degree. And OK, cool, that works. But some people, I think especially kids that go to college straight out of high school, they want like a fun job like me with theater makeup. And like kids will get degrees in in fields like history or art or English where it's like, I understand that they're very interested in those things, but where is the job in that? Like, yes, okay, if you want to be a history professor at Cambridge, go get a history degree, 100%. If you want to be a historian, get a history degree. If you want to maybe run an art gallery, maybe an art 
degree is good. If you want to be an artist, just go be an artist. Um, same with the English degrees. Like if you really want to be a writer, I think a two-year program in creative writing can be just as beneficial as a four-year degree in English. So that's the thing is, you know, I think mentoring kids that are trying to figure out what they want to do and what they want their degree to be in and making sure that they're not just having a degree to have a degree. Because, you know, you get that four-year art degree and then down the road you want to apply to something in the business sector and a finance company is not going to take a four-year art degree seriously. So, you know, I think just like having a little bit of foresight in a degree if you go that way because you do, you know, spend a lot of money to get it. Also, I think what's really important is understanding debt. And that is one thing. I understood it a little bit and they required a little bit of debt counseling. So I had a Perkins loan and they required debt counseling for that. They did not require debt counseling for, not counseling, counseling. They did not require debt, can't, my brain can't wrap itself around this. They did not require debt counseling for, my like subsidized loans. So, you know, there's lots of different types of loans. There's Stanford loans are subsidized and unsubsidized, meaning either the government pays for the interest or you do. Then Perkins loans are different. There's also grants, which I was really lucky to get some grants because I got married really young and our combined income was really low. So I think really understanding debt or mentoring, you know, if you have kids that are going into college, making sure that they understand because you, when you're 18 years old and you sign that piece of paper that says, yep, every last bit of this loan I take out, I'm going to be responsible for. Sometimes that brain that young doesn't really understand what it's signing. So the one thing that I definitely suggest to people of all ages, this is for everybody, is that if you do get loans for school, Interest rates on loans vary. So like some of mine are 2%, some of mine are 6%. I don't know what the cap is now. It's been a long time since I've had a school loan. But you look at those interest rates and you're like, 2%, that's nothing. But then when you do 2% over 20 years, that compounds to be a lot. So you apply for your loan and they calculate your loan based on the cost of tuition, cost of books and supplies, cost of living. So they're assuming that you're living on campus, even if you're not, even if you're applying for a loan for a two-year community college that doesn't even give you housing, they're still factoring that into your loan because they consider rent part of, you know, cost of living. So where I went a little bit wrong was that I didn't take the max amounts of my loans, but I was like, oh, well, this will be nice padding to like be able to pay my rent. And, you know, I took more than was just like the minimum for my books and my tuition. Now, obviously, if you are low income, if you can't work while you're in college and you literally need every last penny of your loan to survive, that's one thing. But if you're like, oh, this will make Saturday night a little more fun to have like this extra loan money, I would highly suggest not doing that and only taking the minimum. You can take as much as you want. If they say, hey, we'll give you 50 grand a semester, you can be like, no, I only want 12. Like you don't have to take that 50 grand. And that's the thing I think a lot of people don't understand. And the other thing that is smart to do is what I did was start at a two-year school and then transfer to a university. When I was in school, I think one credit hour at a college, a, a normal college university was like $200 a credit versus 
a community college was $26 a credit. So, you know, an average class is three or four credits. So that's like less than $100 at community college and almost $1,000 at a university. And in your first two years, all you're doing anyway, even if you have a specific major in mind, all you're doing is general education. So you're doing math and history and science and PE and like all those stupid general ed credits that it's going to be the same in a community college versus a university. Like I didn't really, I mean, I took some business courses at community college. And honestly, I have to say some of my community college professors in the business sector were better than the university professors. So I think there's also this weird stigma against starting in a community college. Like I have to go get the four-year experience, but you know, you're setting yourself up for more success in the future if you don't do that. I always tell people, try to live at home as long as you possibly can. If mom's going to let you live in her basement until you're 28 so you can get that doctorate, do it. Take advantage of it. Because the more debt you have on the front end, the less that you're going to be able to enjoy that degree that you worked really hard for. And also, too, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a few years to decide. If you're straight out of high school, if, you know, you want to start a new program, whatever it is, especially kids that are straight out of high school, those of you that are parents that are listening to this, please do not pressure your kids to go to college straight out of high school. 18 years old is not enough, is not old enough to know who the hell knows what they want to be the rest of their life when they're 18. That's like marrying your high school sweetheart at 18. How many of those marriages work? Yes, there's the exception. There's always the exception, but the majority don't, don't know. So I don't think there's necessarily a bad thing. I waited a year. I had a year off before I started college and I started when I was 19 and I still had no idea what I wanted to do. That is the meat of my podcast. We are going to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to take some questions and we'll do some stories. And I have a juicy cherries confessional this week. I'm very excited. Confessionals are back. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, friends, we are back. So if you want to become a sponsor of my podcast, please send me an email. I am the only cherry doll face at gmail.com. You can sponsor one episode. You can do a package of sponsorship episodes. I'm happy to take sponsors, companies of all sizes. Um, also, if you want to become a supporter, you can find the little button to click to become a supporter. I think, I believe it's on Spotify. It might be on Apple. I'm not sure which one. Actually, I'm pretty sure it's on Spotify. If you are listening to this on Spotify, there should be a button. And if you want to submit when I ask for questions and stories in future podcasts, be sure to follow me on socials. I am at the Cherry Dollface. I ask for submissions on both Facebook and Instagram stories. So if you if you want to contribute, if you want to, you know, ask a question or give a story, that's where you do it. So first question is at Dem Bones, what types of jobs can you consider without college and still make a comfortable wage? So this is what's this is a tricky one because this really depends a lot on where you live. So, you know, a mechanic would technically be a trade school and a mechanic in, you know, a fancy neighborhood of Southern California, a mechanic in Beverly Hills is going to make a pretty comfortable wage versus a mechanic in Youngstown, Ohio is probably not going to make as much. 
also like the CEO situation. Like, yeah, if you start, if you're a, a, a very smart entrepreneur that wants to start your own business, if you're like a startup queen or a startup king and you know how to do that, you don't need college and you could make a shit ton of money, but one, you need to know how to raise capital or, you know, come from a rich family or you need a formal education to teach you how to do that. So that's also one of those things could go either way. Talked a little bit about before, but there's lots of jobs that you can consider and still make a comfortable wage. It also depends on what it means to you to be comfortable. And again, what city you live in, you know, in Southern California, you can't make under six figures and be comfortable because it's so expensive to live here versus, you know, some rural part of Nebraska. You could probably get by on making like twenty five, thirty thousand dollars a year and be super comfortable, you know, but then you're living in Nebraska. So that's the trade off. So I don't think there's one hard set answer to this question. I think it depends a lot on where you live and your cost of living and what you consider comfortable. That's another thing too. Like some people are more bougie than other people. Like some people are fully comfortable in like a studio apartment. Some people want a two bedroom house with lots of land and farm animals and, and to be able to take vacations and to buy that $5 latte. So that it's such a subjective question. All right. At cosmic underscore peach underscore dreams said, is there more pressure in the U.S. to go to uni than other countries? I know it's expensive. She's probably from the U.K. Most U.K., Australia, New Zealand, they call college uni. So it's U.N.I. like university. So my understanding is college is kind of like our like community college or like trade schools and university would be like a four-year program. So like to get your bachelor's degree, you wouldn't go to college. You would go to university. That's my understanding. I might be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. My, my Brits, my, my Irish, my Aussies, I don't know, but that's my understanding of the difference. As far as there being more pressure here than other countries, I don't know because I have never lived in another country and, and I wasn't, you know, an adolescent in another country. But I do think that it's just this very American idea of like, you have to graduate high school and go to college. And I think a lot of it is propagated by the university system because they want your tuition. So there's just like this huge push, like you're going to be a failure and a loser if you don't go to college. So I think that is kind of unique to, to the United States. But I think, you know, I think there's still pressure in other countries. But the one thing that's different is that all of our colleges are essentially private. I mean, I call it a state school versus a private school, but it's all, you don't get any of it for free. Like in England, they're what we would consider a state school. Those are free. Like you graduate high school and then you go to college for free if you want to. Now, obviously there's, you know, the fancy pants private colleges or private unis in, in England that do require a tuition, but college is not does not cost what it does in the United States and the rest of the world. So I think that's probably the major difference. All right. Those were the only questions I got. I didn't get a whole lot of questions or stories about this one, but I think the ones that I got were quality. So moving right along, stories. Rebecca Majors, oh, Mejores, I think, Gomez said, I'm an IT slash cybersecurity professional with three degrees. An AA, which is a two-year degree, a BA, which is a bachelor's, and MBA, which is a, a master's. And not one of them helped me in what I do. Only my certs, which would be certificates. So those would be like, you just go to a course and get literally like a paper certificate. You don't have to be licensed or anything. I'm a huge fan of trade schools and technical programs and wished I would have just gotten a tech degree in certs after that. 
I also have a great story of a former client who had a master's in taxation, made fun of his brother for becoming a plumber, and later went to work for his brother as a plumber because he made more money for less hours. So that kind of answers that question of what types of jobs can you consider and while still making a comfortable wage, there you go, a plumber. I do know plumbers make a shit ton of money. <laughs> All right, I really did not mean to pun that pun, but that was a good one. But it is true. I'm not even exaggerating. Plumbers make so much money, especially emergency hour or after hour plumbers. Locksmiths are another one. Like you, you pay an, a, an emergency after hours locksmith and you're paying through your teeth. But yeah, plumbers make good money. Dano Pazuti said, I've done all of these things, meaning college trade school. And after being a college professor for over 25 years, I'd stay away from that one. If you are looking for a career to make money, learn a trade. Plumbers and auto mechanics make as much as MDs. Better yet, own your own business. Yeah, so business ownership is definitely, you know, it's a lot of stress and can be a lot of work, but can be really, really rewarding financially. But he's not wrong in plumbers and auto mechanics making more than MDs because Honestly, medical degrees are expensive. Like you think a hundred grand after four years is expensive. There's some doctors that are in debt 500, 600 grand when they finish med school. And you know, when you're doing your residency and your internships, you're not, you're hardly making enough just to pay your rent, let alone your student loan bills. So yeah, unless you come from a rich family of doctors that can pay for that outright, you're not going to really be taking home a lot. I think that's where our country has it a little bit backwards we should we should be paying our doctors we should be paying our teachers but you know we pay social media celebrities yay <laughs> okay so that is the meat for the week but i am wrapping this up with my cherry's confessional if you do not know what cherry's confessional is this is the time in the podcast every other podcast that i get a juicy confessional from one of you faithful listeners um, it can be something serious. It can be something funny. It can be something you've always wanted to vent and could never tell anyone. You can send it to me anonymous. I've gotten anonymous texts before. This one actually came from a very, very good friend of mine. She told me I didn't have to make her anonymous. I don't, it feels too weird. It feels too weird. Her name is Amanda. That's all I'm going to tell you. Anyways, so here's her confessional. I broke up with my boyfriend of five years after lots of signs we weren't right for one another and some abuse. But the real reason was he was a terrible kisser and had a very small penis and I couldn't go on living that way. <laughs> so that is my juicy confessional of the week. And I think that being a bad kisser alone is grounds for breaking up with somebody. Because if you don't have that fire, if you don't have that chemistry, it's never going to work. You got to you got to like kissing your person. But, you know, abuse is also probably a red flag <laughs> that you should break up to. But that is all the time that I have for this week. Stay tuned next week when I have another juicy topic and hopefully another juicy confessional. I think next week is book club week. So if you guys have any suggestions of books that I should be reading, I love to read. I'm currently reading the Court of Thorns and Roses series that all of my friends have told me I must read or they will murder me. So to avoid murder, I am reading them. I'm on the second book. I will probably review the series once I'm done with it. But next week, will be, I don't know, some other book, some other book that I've read that I suggest. But if you guys have suggestions, things you want me to try and review, 
please, please send them my way. You can email me at theonlycherrydollface at gmail.com. If you want to send a confessional, you can also send it that way. Or you can text me, 818-718. I can't even remember my own damn phone number. You guys, I cut it out because it was a long time. But I literally just took like four minutes finding my own phone number. I could not remember my own phone number. To be fair, this is my business phone number. I do not give out my private phone number publicly. But good Lord, brain. All right. So my number to text your anonymous stuff is 818-640-7188. Email or text, or you can send me messages via social media. I get emails and texts quicker. And um, sometimes I miss stuff that is sent via social media. But Anyways, thank you guys for listening this week. Don't be an asshole. And until next time, here's me waving like a maniac. Bye, guys. Bye.